0: A few years ago, I was pitching a high-priority project to a senior VP and asking for his support, which included funding a team for this project. I had put in a lot of time and effort on this presentation, creating detailed slides, practicing what I would say. But in the meaning, my message just did not land. The VP had completely different concerns than the ones I had anticipated, and I couldn't address them. In the end, he was like, so you're asking me for more people. What's new? Everybody asks me for more people. I was crushed. My skip level, who was also in the meeting, tried her best to intervene. After the meeting, she gave me constructive, encouraging feedback. But in spite of her encouragement, I felt very low. I felt like I had wasted an opportunity. I had let my team down. I kept playing the presentation in my head and criticizing everything I had done wrong. Eventually, though, the project did get prioritized and we delivered great value to the company. A bad presentation was not the end of the road that I had expected it to be. I realized that I view every interaction with execs as make or break for my product, for my career. So I go into such meetings with a lot of pressure to succeed, which honestly works against me. One of the things I'm working on with my career coach is how to change my perspective of the power dynamics with my leaders and execs. How do I see this less of a hierarchical relationship and more of a partnership, more of a collaboration to get to the same destination rather than me feeling like I have to have all the answers? That's why when Krista and I were brainstorming titles for this episode, we decided to go with partnering with execs rather than presenting to execs because there is a mind shift that is key. If you are someone who gets nervous presenting to execs or if you have botched such presentations in the past, you are not alone. I am in the same boat as you, as is my today's guest, Krista Johnson-Perkins, who shares her story and lessons learned through failed presentations. Hi there. You are listening to Unseen Battles, a podcast that brings you behind-the-scenes stories from women leaders. This is your reminder that as you work through your career struggles, you are not alone. I'm your host, Parul Goyal. Every two weeks, I'll bring you raw, honest conversations with a successful leader about a challenge they faced and how it changed them. So let's get to it. My guest today is Krista Johnson-Perkins. Krista has spent over 15 years in the edtech industry in product management and marketing roles. From Rosetta Stone to K-12 to the makers of the GMAT exam, she has helped companies build and market products that delight customers and change the world just a little. She has been busy during this COVID time, building a new family home in Virginia and pursuing an executive MBA at Columbia Business School. Krista, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You and I are going to talk about an a presentation to your executive team that you did. Can you walk us through what happened?
1: Absolutely, Parul. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So um, thinking about my time at a prior company, mm-hmm. on a, um, I was working on this small line of business. Uh, we were going in for our annual investment presentation. Mm-hmm. And this is where we were going to request funding for the next fiscal year. And I had, you know, I had just spent several weeks of putting together this business plan around building new and exciting products that would really set my business lineup for success again it was kind of a a nascent line of business we were sort of proving ourselves out um, and it was a really exciting time to you know pivot the current um the current repurposed products that we had had before and really start to build something new which was really exciting Um, and so my goal here was to walk into the room and I was going to pitch the executives that, you know, held my livelihood in their hands Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, uh, and get funding for the next calendar year. And, um, this was only my, my second real product management gig. Um, I, you know, I had a great mentor in my manager and we had collaborated for quite some time on this business case. So, you know, I felt fired up. I had spent a lot of time, you know, Mm -hmm. not just preparing the content, but also like, Practicing because again, I'm I'm a bit of a fast talker. Uh Um, I'm working very hard (laughs) right now (laughs) during your podcast to keep it together. Um, And actually, I—I little side note: I I studied or no, I taught English in Japan rather for a couple of years after college, and that was probably the best time in my life to learn how to speak slowly. Wow! The first six months, that was the only feedback I got was, "You're a great teacher, but my goodness, could you slow down?" Anyway. I digress.
0: Before we get to the meeting. So I just want to understand a little bit more about what was riding on this presentation.
1: It would really just be maintaining the business, which again, it was, you know, like most of our, our product management kids, there's some scrappy nature to it and you can do the best with what you got, got right? Um, but it was really, we've been treading water for a couple of years at that point, And we um had never really had the um the wherewithal to go and look at the market separately from the other lines of business to really jump start it in a in a meaningful way to to validate that this is worth our time in fact. I so see. that was Yeah you know it would have kept ongoing. It would have been fine, but it was it felt like that one time of the year where we could go and actually make a difference. Yeah. And so it was it was pretty big. Yeah,
0: rush. run the business. You know, it's very important. But you're right, it's not the most exciting for product engineering or any of the teams involved.
1: Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So you know, we we get to the this the boardroom, and of course, it's this the the frightening huge long table with the you know the CFO at the head, and there's a bunch of in this case a bunch of men in suits. And again, we for an education company, we kind of took ourselves a little seriously, and uh-huh. nothing wrong with suits; they look good on most people. <laughs> but you know, it, it really does influence the tone of the yeah. room, uh, particularly for a more junior uh, product manager.
0: Were you also wearing a suit?
1: I was, I didn't, it did not fit very well, <laughs> wasn't tailored or anything. And I felt I, I wasn't used to wearing them. Got so it. I didn't walk right as, as confidently as I probably could.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's cool. So, um, so I, you know, I walk into the room, I've got my ill fitting suit and I, I pass around these, these printouts and hook up my laptop and do all the, the warming up of the room. And I kind of dive into the presentation. Um, and I'm, I'm not even on the second slide. overall. Uh-huh. <laughs> And the CFO has already jumped ahead to the financials and Mm -hmm. is marking up the paper and he skipped over the market justification and the competitive research and the purpose and all these, you know, great background stories that really set the financials up appropriately. Mm -hmm. And of course, he starts firing questions at me on like the payback period, operating costs and poking holes in my projections and such. And from there, I just, you know, the whole rhythm for me was shot. Again, I, you know, I try to kind of redirect to get back to the story, you know, um, but he was questioning a lot of the intelligence, the strategy, just, there was just so many holes. That I didn't even know where to, where to start addressing the the pushback. And from then, of course, also like my brain was kind of at that point spinning. I, I, I was getting uh, like flushed and uh-huh. I was losing my thought. And, you know, that was, again, I, I practiced this presentation so many times that I was like, I got this, I've got my story all nailed down. And then I was like, wait, what, what am I trying to even, what are my punchlines again? I totally forgot. <laughs> so that really threw me for a loop.
0: Wow. So you had, you know, there was a rhythm to your presentation. You were going to start by sharing some context and you didn't really get a chance to do that. Right. Uh, so then then what happened? So this, per- your CFO started asking all of these questions, challenging some of the, the forecasts you had. Uh, mm-hmm. And th- then what happened?
1: So at, at that point, my boss was actually the one who hopped in and and, um, and wrapped it up kind of on our behalf. She was like, "You know what? We're going to go back to the drawing board. We'll come back with a stronger case." And she didn't quite mean it this way, but it felt to me. And this is this is where I think a little bit of confidence and projection is kind of coming in. But it sounded like she was kind of apologizing that we didn't have our I stuff see. together, you know? Yeah. And that that kind of hurt because yeah, I, you know, we had spent so much time on it together and i know that she was just trying to
0: yeah salvage the situation yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly but you know it was it was fine yeah we we regrouped we commiserated about the presentation we went back to the drawing board and realized okay don't tell a story to a finance guy (laughs) start with the numbers and then work back and so that really was one of my first lessons in empathy um of like, how does my audience like digest information? You know, do they actually care about the end user's life and how it will change based on this beautiful product? Or is it really about the, you know, the value of the product to the revenue or to the revenue and the portfolio for that matter? Yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, what what I found was was the kind of the missing piece for me was like I didn't even have the confidence to kind of start the pushback in real time. Mm. You know, I kind of shut down a little bit and I needed my, my mentor, my manager at the time to kind of come in and and um, repurpose the the meeting's intention, which, you know, it, it doesn't. you don't really like being saved. You want to be the one to do the same thing, right?
0: That's true. Especially when you have put in so much work, uh, right? I, I have been in a position like that, in a situation like that where mm-hmm. my manager had to jump in. Uh, and like, it is hard not to take it personally. You do feel like maybe I wasn't doing a good enough job and that's why she had to, to do it. But at the yeah. same time, I was also grateful that she did.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah, we're still, you know, we're still friends and colleagues to this day. And I will say also, like having that confidence and that empathy, those are both things that I, I still work on to this day. And, you know, it's it's really hard because you're rarely in a room with just one executive who can information the same way. So it's a it's definitely a, a thing to practice.
0: And after that meeting, Krista, did your manager give you any feedback?
1: You know, she did. So um, a couple of things. She had said, you know, that I had practiced it so much, like it was, it came off a bit rehearsed. And as a result of that, I didn't, I didn't know how to react to things that weren't on script.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: And so she was like, it would have been um, helpful for you to say, you know, practice your your pitch. You know, you have your notes in the slide section, whatever else. But um, I think that I had literally, like, written out, like, the script yeah. in the notes yeah. of the deck. And she was like, do bullet points. Do, like, yeah. one, you know, two or four words max kind of thing. Just enough to prompt you to make sure that you don't forget stuff that you were hoping to go for. Um, so I thought that was ridiculously tactical, but also a very fair feedback that you want it to be natural and organic and you want to look prepared and professional and, and that wasn't kind of happening. And, um, kind of separately, I think, um, this was not really her feedback, but she did say that I was a little, um, a little, uh, too friendly. I think like I was kind of making jokes and I was trying to like introduce my, inject my personality, I I think into the presentation. Mm -hmm. And she said that, well, it was good. And of course, you want to, it doesn't have to be all serious all the time, right? Um, but with executives who don't know you, you know, you want to keep it straight, essentially.
0: Right. You obviously do want to bring your whole self, but you also don't want to come across as over-familiar, right? When, especially if you don't right. know the people.
1: Absolutely. And I, I, you know, I, I definitely struggle with that where, you know, um, personal Krista is, you know, she's Enthusiastic, I get so excited about stuff, and you know, I I actually when I left my last job, my my boss, um, God lover, she gave me a little like Lego cheerleader yep. person. Oh, <laughs> she nice. Was like, You're a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing, and you know, I I get excited about projects, and I like love team building and all that all that jazz. And um, what I struggle with is professional. Krista should be put together, and she should wear a suit. And a lot of that is around the confidence of allowing yourself to be who you are. Trust you will be taken seriously, but also read the room a little bit to to gauge that register, and that comes with experience, to some degree.
0: Krista, I'm curious you you and your manager came back and did some of you know did incorporated some of the feedback. Did you have to go back and do this presentation again?
1: Yes, actually, I was lucky in that we did get a follow on meeting. Um, I think it would have been horribly disheartening if I had one shot quite literally. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. um, so I was lucky in that regard. Um, but we did keep it to a smaller group. It was just the CFO and one other person on the product side um, where we, you know, kind of retooled our presentation. We did take their feedback and kind of called out in the presentation where, where we had um, made some mo- modifications on the financials. Um, but we used that as the discussion catalyst rather than saying, here's how that, you know, end user is going to be, you know, have a life changing okay thing <laughs> so so that that kind of worked and I, and I think from there the product person also was able to kind of bring um again his perspective um around the the market and told i think actually in the room he said uh he didn't say it, i'm gonna paraphrase but dude you don't really care what we build do you? like <laughs> trust us to know the market yeah we know the, the, the product needs and we want to just make sure that we're not throwing your money away. Right. And it was so funny to hear, like at that point being younger to hear kind of that, that casual engagement and it's hundred percent. Right. Um, at least in that, in that company. And so we actually get, so because we were unproven and there were still some question marks about a couple of areas, we got half the funding to go and build, you know, one product, not, not three like we wanted. Um, but, uh, there also wasn't that much investment that year anyway. So I think that it all actually worked out, um, pretty well, all things considered.
0: Nice. And, you know, it's interesting in that the, the conversation that you were telling me about between the CFO and the product person, I think that what that product person was kind of like, he drew the boundary really well, that you care about the money, leave the product part to us. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's exactly. also a skill. That,
1: absolutely. that the ability to kind of uh synthesize and di- di- distill it in that regard i think is great um because to some degree you have to as an executive you have to trust your team yeah. to some degree right yeah um uh that was actually that came up literally in a conversation earlier today <laughs> where we were talking about trust and you can't as an executive and i, I use that term loosely right now obviously i'm i'm not a, a, a C level person though i would like to be one day um but uh we can't become experts in everything. I was trying to figure out if I should go, you know, get a a master's in data science because I'm doing a lot of fun data stuff right now. And I'm like, wait, I'm a product person. I can't get, you know, I also am getting my master's in um, my MBA from Columbia. So maybe we do one degree at a time. But again, more importantly, you can't, be an expert in everything that's why you build a team
0: that's true i mean at some point <laughs> if, as product managers we, if we were to follow that paradigm we will have to get degrees in engineering maybe in uh-huh. in graphic design oh my gosh
1: wouldn't that be fun that would be fun
0: though we, we might not have <laughs> much of a life outside of work and school but it would still be fun
1: right right and maybe a little expensive over time, and you we'll have so many hours. So I can see some of the, the problems. With it. So I'm
0: sure, Krista. Since then, you you know you, this was. It sounds like you were you were uh, new to product management. You were kind of really uh, uh, building your career. Since then, I'm sure you have done other exact presentations, right? So how do you feel now? Like, is there any difference going into it, going into such presentations today than how you felt at the time?
1: That's a, that's a great question. And um, yes, I'm lucky in that I've had a lot of opportunities to present in in different kinds of rooms with different executives. And from, from all I hear, I'm still working on the fast talking. Mm -hmm. That's not a common, an uncommon refrain from my, my audiences, if you will. Um, But, uh, but no, I think with every presentation I do, I get a little bit better. And so um, I think that it's, it's interesting not to get to, um, to psychology or whatever on you. But, um, I think that, uh, I, I'd be curious if I speak so quickly because I'm hoping I can shove as many words into a certain time frame as I can and hope that at least some of those are worth listening to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I, when I think about like how fast I go and how, um, I'm trying to make sure that I maximize the time of everybody that I'm speaking to. Again, I think it's about practice and making sure that yeah. if you've got a clean story, if you've got that overall story arc and you've got the kind of internal ability to self-regulate your your body, uh, for me, it's a, it, it becomes a physical thing. Mm. Um, I get flushed cheeks. I get a little bit sweaty and all that. And yeah. I think what happens is I get that heart rate, which then is translated mentally into this like fight or flight thing. Mm. And um, that's not great. But if your body can't tell the difference between a high pressure presentation or a lion chasing you, (laughs) you you're going to have a pickle. Um, So I I think for me, like the practice part of getting in front of a variety of audiences has really helped. Um, Even for basic presentations, um, uh, I do practice. uh, Even if if it's with my peers, I I try and prepare and internalize with the material enough so that I kind of have that flexibility to kind of go and allow for critique or questions or diving deeper into a certain slide or diving back out at the macro level or reminding people of, you know, why we're all here today. Cause sometimes you can be in a room and it gets really tactical really quickly. Um, yeah. so I think that those are two things. And one thing that's also been helpful is, uh, um, is, a uh, I've, I've in my career, I've been very lucky and maybe it's because I'm in ed tech, but I've had a lot of really strong female leaders mm. that I admire in different ways. And so I've gotten to see kind of how they command rooms, um and that's been really the most um i think beneficial training for me that i could i could imagine peers bosses mentors colleagues at school and so on
0: just observing other people who do it well
1: absolutely yeah
0: so krista you mentioned uh, you know the physical mani- manifestation of uh, of getting nervous <laughs> so i Sorry. when i go into these presentations i actually do wear something atop where you can't see my sweat stains because that's exactly what happens. Like once you know, I, if I am doing a high pressure presentation, and afterwards when I go to the restroom, like my underarms are like soaked. <laughs> right. But I know you earlier you had shared another tip, like something you did to kind of keep your body temperature down. Did <laughs> you feel that way?
1: I I did. I wasn't sure if I was going to share that, but yeah, no. Um, I uh, I found this necklace actually. It's like really big pearls or something and it's a um it was designed for for menopausal women actually that you keep it's a necklace that you keep in the freezer and so the pearls actually like retain that mm-hmm. that cool temperature of course and then it sits on your chest where personally I get quite warm and they also have a, I also have a bracelet so that again your your yeah. wrist is a pressure point and so that actually <laughs> has been a really great yeah. tool to have kind of just as a as a backup if I think I'm going to go into a, a high stakes uh presentation um and yeah honestly I find that if I'm not getting overheated, my brain doesn't think that I'm in panic mode and therefore I'm able to kind of manage myself a little better.
0: <laughs> but it's such a great tip, you know, just number one, being aware of, you know, what physically can throw you off and then finding solutions to it. In this mm-hmm. Zoom world, what I do is like if I am going into a high pressure, a pressure presentation, sometimes I have a post-it on my side saying I am in control, <laughs> Because like just to constantly remind myself that I like I do have power. I can set the context. I can bring the, the conversation back on track.
1: Yeah. I love that. Oh, I might do that myself actually. And and the funny thing is I'm actually a very confident person uh-huh. and I'm very secure in my perspectives. And I think that's actually why I got into product management because it's just logical, you know? Yeah. All you have to do is reflect market problems and the the customer voice and you're golden. Um, and so the the fact that I have I have um I struggle with confidence in certain forums. This is a, a common thing. I'm I'm an ENTJ, and you know we we thrive on energy and perspectives and people in the room, and we love all those things. But there's still like a, a bit of a, a I struggle with being in a room with smart people um, because I I just assume everybody because they're smart they know what I know. Yeah. And of course that's not the case.
0: Yeah. So. Krista, one last question, right? This whole exact presentations or exact presence is a big theme. There are several people like like you and me who are very good at what we do, but even then, when we have to go present to a smart or a senior audience, right? We automatically assume that they obviously know more than we do, right? So, and we kind of start doubting what value would we add. Uh, what advice would you have for other women who? Also get nervous presenting to a senior audience
1: that's a that's a great question and um one of the silliest things I think i I do and I, I again still do it to this day is the Superman pose uh-huh you know where you you put your hands yeah. on your hips and you stand there and your chin is raised and you're taking a deep breath like it's ridiculous but it completely works yeah. <laughs> before, before presentations um, again, I, I'd say that, get in as many rooms as you can. Um, I think for a while I avoided it because mm. I knew that, yeah, I, I sweat a fair bit <laughs> when I do presentations and um, didn't always know kind of um, didn't know what the purpose of the presentation was. Like I knew I had to go and do one, but didn't know what I was wanting, what I wanted others to get out of it. Yeah. Um, and so getting in front of as many people and, and um, tackling parts of parts of the, the presentation for executives, especially IE, is it the physical part that is stressful? Is it keeping your story straight that's stressful? Is it the, even the, the PowerPoint itself, do you, do you think that that's a good enough, um, like, did you do the design well? Mm-hmm. Is it communicating what you hoped it would be? And, and something that I, I learned actually from, um, from business school is this concept of um, like a, a pre-mortem. Essentially, okay. That I've done on a couple of occasions where I got a group of people together, and this is a little bit more on like a project versus a presentation, but I think it kind of translates well as as well. That you know, get a couple of people you trust in a room a couple months before a product launch or a campaign launch or whatever it is, and think of all the things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. And in this case, maybe around presentations, it would be around what sorts of questions do you have now that I've told you what I plan to present kind of thing. And then just that exercise, again, it's a little bit of an exercise in empathy, but it's more, it gives you the confidence that you've thought through as much as possible uh, along with people that you value and trust. And as a result, you get this um, a little bit of extra practice in doing the presentation for not your mirror (laughs) and you've got a better plan around what sort of stuff might come back at you.
0: Yeah. So almost like trial run, runs of your, your presentation, but also anticipating based on who's in the room, what questions they might have.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And that's hard to do. You know, yeah. people will always out of left field with something. But um, even just thinking through some of those things you might not have captured thus far gets you in that um, that mindset where you can react a little bit more. Uh, real time and and be able to pivot versus, oh, no, I got a question from the right side and I was going over here on the left side. And, yeah. and that in itself is, is, is practice, I think.
0: Krista, I have one last question for you, right? I There might still be meetings that didn't go as well as you had expected. I have that, right? And especially for people who are beginning to do these exact presentations, for the first few times, they might not get what they were looking for, or they might not do as well. Do you have any tips on how to pick yourself back up after a failed presentation or a presentation that didn't go as as well and, like, not be scared to do it again?
1: That's a a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, One thing I was trying to do after all, not all, that's a lie, many presentations and certainly um, many meetings that... um, are are out of the ordinary, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they're at kickoff meetings or something like that. Um, I do go to a couple of key people and actually do those postmortems, yeah. and I go and say, "How was that presentation? Like, did I? I know I didn't nail it here, here, here. Yeah. I know I had opportunity here. What do you? What do you think I could do better?" And start to kind of get ongoing feedback yeah. around, "Okay, you talked really fast, or, yep, your face was flushed, but nobody noticed, or it's fine. This happens, you know." Kind of, yeah. thing. and and a couple of things have happened with those. Um, those conversations for me is that one, I don't think I talk as fast as, uh, others don't think I talk as fast as I think I talk, yeah. which was cool. Cause yeah. I was, I, I think about that constantly. Um, additionally, I, I don't come across as scattered as I feel, mm. which is also great. Um, I'm, I'm speaking in generalizations. There's times when certainly I'm all over the board, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. um, I think that hearing, um that outside perspective kind of in you know tames my internal demons a little bit um and gives me some perspective which is really helpful um but i i certainly try and do that as often as i can because we always have room to grow and we're gonna we're gonna nose dive sometimes so that's okay yeah. um and that's I think the other thing that's been helpful is that um, i'm not gonna win all my battles um it's more picking and choosing and battles i mean internally that is um i'm gonna you know, crash and burn sometimes and, and that's okay. And I'll pick up and start again. Um, but if I can keep an internal kind of checklist of like, here's the things that you did right. Here's things that you didn't, you know, can do better next time. Um, that acknowledges that we're all works in progress. And that as long as I'm tracking towards a goal or tracking towards improvement, then I'm not a victim of it.
0: No, that's really, that's really good advice. And especially the first one that you mentioned, like getting feedback from others there was once a presentation where I thought like that was a disaster. And I spoke to somebody who is in a lot more of these presentations. And she was like, yeah, this like, like for her, it wasn't out of the ordinary. She's like, yeah, it happens. Sometimes the, ma- the, the message just doesn't land. Like it's not really end of the world. And in my mind, mm-hmm. it was like, it, like, I felt like it was a disaster. But for her, it was just another day. <laughs> so it yeah. was good to get that perspective. Nice.
1: Nice. That's great. Yeah, and thinking about like the, the professional Krista versus the personal one, um, that's something else where I've done a couple of deep deeper like, you know, deeper dives where I, I go to a give a, I give a presentation and there's like, you know, a comic strip or there's like, you know, animation. It's not the nineties, you know, clip art nonsense, uh-huh. but it's it's <laughs> it's great, I'll tell you. I like it. And I'll go to my colleagues afterward, and I'm like, Was that cheesy? Yeah. Is that okay? And everybody's like, dude, yeah, that was you that was not the same exact PowerPoint I've seen ninety-five times. That's amazing. <laughs> so, again, trying to kind of kind of suss it out a little bit, but trying to um, you know find your voice and find who you are, and it's really hard and, and takes um, a lot of intention and practice.
0: Nice. Yes, absolutely, Krista. Oh. If our audiences want to know more about you, how can they find you?
1: Oh, feel free to uh, find me on LinkedIn.
0: Okay. And I will make sure I include your uh, LinkedIn profile in the episode notes.
1: Excellent. That sounds great. Thank you.
0: Krista, thank you so much for sharing your unseen battle with us and sharing for all the tips you have learned over time.
1: (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Krista. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Also, help me spread the word by sharing the episode with a friend you think would like it.